On this episode, we interview Dave Cordova from Dave's Joint. We go over who we saw. We go over the Crosstown Classic, formerly known as the Shootout. Bang, bang. We cover the bogus baller brand. We go over the ACC murdering the Big Ten, and we give out another Green Light Player of the Week. Ian, hit me. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Green Light Podcast. Cinco. It's your boy, POC, and Ian back at it. Before yeah. we get into college hoops, Ian and I had an uh, unbelievable experience this past weekend. Got to sit courtside. Basically. Uh, shout out to the plug. Kind of, yeah. kind of courtside, like run one row up behind the bench. Um, awesome, awesome experience. And we were talking, uh, and you know, I may be biased since I never got to live my dream as an NBA bench coach, but... How little NBA coaches in game do now? That's a that's listen. I understand that NBA coaches are the best of the best. I I want to be one. Uh, they're unbelievable. They're geniuses. They can drop anything on the board. I get it. <clears throat> I'm simply comparing it to college basketball coaches who basically go bonkers for 40 minutes. You know, Mike. Like Budenholzer? Budenholzer? Yeah, I knew I was going to butcher that. Budenholzer. Um, you know, he Pop was just disciple. quiet. He like, was. he barely had to say anything. And I think that's obviously, it's different because you don't, you know, you're not calling a play every time. And, you know, it's just a lot of kind of motion stuff and, you know, ball screen and they're just playing and they're better so they can just play. You don't need to call a play every time. It's a different game. It's a different game, so I get it. But it was remarkable. I mean, I think it was the second quarter. I turned to Ian. I go, yo, I don't think I've heard him say, besides the huddles, I literally don't think I've heard him say anything, no. which is crazy. No. I mean, honestly, I think I heard when Dennis Schroeder was on the bench, he was shouting out more stuff directing <laughs> the troops than Budenholzer was. It's wild. And, I mean, a lot of times, too, they're sitting there in timeouts, and obviously the, the coaching staff is diagramming things themselves. Yeah. The team just sit – half the time out, they're just wasting just sitting there while this coaches just talk amongst themselves. It's yeah. not a ton of direction. Very different from uh, from what we're used to seeing. But That's shout out to Evan Gold, the plug. Hey. Um, got a little Hawks Hawks Nets action. Yeah. Um, basically, the mid major or low major equivalent of of uh, of the NBA. Yeah. But uh, awesome experience. Um, lots to some, talk about some, this week. Some live hoops, but yeah, getting into the real stuff. Yeah, lots. I'm to talk jacked about. up. Yep. Really, um, uh, really jacked up. Um, awesome week in college hoops. Um, for mid, I guess end of end of November, beginning of December, we had we had conference games already. Dude. I know it's weird. I'm actually very odd. I'm, yeah, I'm so tired of the uh, the buy games and like you know Duke's playing like St. Francis, PA or something. Like I this is like the worst part. I just wanted to get into conference play. Yeah. But a little taste of that was the ACC absolutely murdering the Big Ten. Um, and if you in peace, yeah, if you've paid attention to uh, this challenge, the ACC has has been historically dominant. I'm pretty sure they won the first ten, and then the Big Ten, uh, I think, won like two out of three, three out of four the past couple of years, and now the ACC comes back with a vengeance, going eleven and two. Um, Nebraska gets a pity win over Boston College. Shout out to Coach Christian. We love you. We hope you come on the pod yeah, soon. Yeah. Tough one. Teddy um, Hawkins went down, so they lost their best post player, and and, and they were still in it. I I'll, I'll give them a pass for that. Yeah. But 
Um, the only, the other, only other, other Big Ten was, was Notre Dame. Michigan State over Notre Dame, yeah. which obviously we had hyped up on the pot every week, basically Notre Dame, how great they were. Um, I think Michigan State was just That's much – big boy basketball. Much bigger Ooh. and much – and that might be – a bad sign for Notre Dame when they're going into, I mean, Notre Dame's obviously biggest competition in the ACC is about to be Duke. Do you get any bigger team in the country than than Duke when you're laying out? So I don't yeah. know. Not a good sign. Obviously, I don't know if it's fully indicative of, of how good of a team they are, but props to Michigan State for holding down their end of the bargain with the Big Ten. Yeah, um, you know, and you know what? Sometimes dump. sometimes this stuff just happens. You know, like yeah. it's, it's not necessarily, you know, one team or the other. Like, no. you know, it, it, it just happens. Sometimes yeah. you get your ass kicked and there's no rhyme or reason for it i bet you if they play again uh it won't be this result so you know it is what it is um shout out michigan state for at least getting a real dub yeah Um, definitely and they uh they sit third in the ken palm rankings now i would put them in number two i i think their resume is a little bit better than kansas just because who they played but um props to you guys holding it down the rest though the acc um, I know we wow. both watched Miami, Minnesota. Yeah, uh, my probably second favorite team this year, Minnesota. I had a lot of hopes for in this game. Thought they would get it done. Uh, Miami's good, man. Miami, Miami is, is really good. Before we even get to how good they are, are they just out of the probe? Are they not in trouble? Did Larinaga? Does he have nudes of somebody? Dude, what is happening, Coach L? I don't know if I, I feel <laughs> like he gets. He get he's like getting away with being like the fun uncle of college basketball. Yeah, right. Like, it's well, like oh, Coach L. Oh, that's the guy from George Mason that took yeah. George Mason the Final Four. He oh, he's cheat. in Miami. Oh, nah, yeah, that's he's right. not a cheater. He, he's not. No, I mean, ah, well, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I'm just saying it's. it's I'm not saying it's. It's, it's, okay. it's very quiet. It is quiet. It's very, and it's quiet. very odd. Um, but they've got some players, man. They have absolute players, dude. They they always always give the ACC trouble because for two reasons. One, they have grown-ass men on their team. Grown-ass men. They, they look different Dude, Huel, than anybody else. DeLon Hill, 6'11", yes. 236 sophomore, absolute animal. Obviously, Bruce Brown, Jaquan Newton. They start um, – oh, the, the little – the kid from uh, – he's a Euro. The Vasilevich or – they've got like one white dude that, that shoots. Um, and Anthony Lawrence, like 6'7", 210. They got, got guys, man. Guys that don't look like they belong in college. And they and they guard the ball, man. You can't get by them. I think that's why Minnesota really struggled. Um, you know, they they you can't just like run a motion offense and just get to the lane with them. I think that's why a lot of teams in the ACC struggle with those guys. And then they got, you know, you look at their front well, court. Not, I didn't even six mention, eleven, six ten, seven foot, six ten. I and a six ten. I didn't even mention Lonnie Walker, five, who was a, who was like a McDonald's All Americans past year top fifty recruit. Yeah. Um, who finally made a shot for like the first time this season. But these dudes, they play off the ball screens. They're so athletic. Yep. Um, shout out Mark Tice again. We mention every time on the podcast. He said these guys operate in like an NBA ball screen type yes. system, and yep. they score in so many different ways. They run a different bunch of different actions. I, t- but I, t- they I think are, I t- yeah. When I was watching, I think I tweeted legit. that. I was like, yo, they keep it stupid simple. It is high ball screen, roll replace, hit the corner, drive every single time. And they're literally just going to do that until whatever you take away, they play. Yeah, and I know those uh, Minnesota was without Dupree McBrayer, which um, obviously it takes a guy out of the uh, out of the starting lineup that you used to play with that core. It forced uh, Isaiah Washington, shot Jelly Fam, into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, little mixed result there. Didn't really... Um, didn't really mesh at, that well as I hoped he would, um, but great win on the road for Miami. Shout out to them. Um, rest in AC Big Ten. We had um, an ugly affair. 
ugly fair. I didn't watch this, and I'm kind of glad I, I, yeah. I, I didn't. So um, Purdue, Purdue, Purdue and Louisville. Louisville. Oh, sorry. I know I didn't uh, pronounce it right. Um, but Purdue and Louisville, I watched that. Um, one thing to be said, and I'm blanking on Purdue's arena. Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like it's like Keedy Court. That's not right. But We have. Uh, what the hell is Let's get the called? Google machine. Mackey Arena. Mackey Arena. Mackey Arena. Mackey okay. arena. So that place, I've we I've actually had the uh, the opportunity to play there before, but um, we were a nobody, so they didn't care. It was just a buy game, so it wasn't really packed. But uh, that arena gets rocking, no doubt, rocking. That probably one of the most underrated places, not it just is. Big Ten, but like across the country. Like, I've never been there, but I know it's it's legit. It's very legit, um, and they had all the whole student section had. Uh, Shirts that said FBI on them. Oh, hilarious. dude. I've been, Shout out to you guys, I've man. been loving, loving that stuff. I think it's hilarious. Dude. Um, one thing, Coach Padgett, he, a couple times, I said I, I said it to myself. I talked to myself when I watched basketball, just for you guys that know. Um, I said it out loud a couple times. He looked nervous. He looked nervous and, like, like visibly like not I'm not saying shook but he was just he just looked nervous out there like would yeah. come out of a timeout and was just kind of like pacing and like his face was kind of white it just I don't know man I mean I think he's he's first of all the number 17 team in the country he's doing an absolutely unbelievable job so if that if being nervous is 6 and 1 or 4 and 1 then no they they also they actually like, they took another extra L this week but um they're sitting at 4 and 2 they're 4, four and, and 2, two. Which is fine. Yeah, like, and Seton right, Hall and Purdue like, are two really good teams. All right, they're still a top twenty-five Kimpom team. They're they're very very good. I yeah. think it's fair. I mean, he he's being thrust in this situation. Um, obviously, a very very tough place to play against a a Purdue team that um, not only is uh, a, a veteran team. I think mean, it's it's top fifty top fifty in experience. Um, minutes kind of these guys play together. They played together for a while. Obviously, Matt Painter. Really, really, really good, uh, really good coach. Very, this is a tough team to play, man. Um, and and obviously, I don't know if you expect a win out of Louisville, but um, yeah, they played well. They, they played well. It was a good game. Ended up um, 66-57. Solid win for for Purdue. I, um, I got a I got a, a crazy sentence for you. Purdue has a huge, tall, big ass, good white guy. Surprised or not? Yawn. Yeah, that's a yawn. That's so this dude. Another they, day. The gargantuan center. That's the first, Isaac that's Haas. The, yeah, man. Isaac Haas. He's averaging eighteen six and two blocks. Um, he's crushing it. He had twenty six points against Northwestern. His career high. He he whatever he eats, wherever the hell he's from, keep doing it. Like Produce him. always seems to get those like corn fed, just like behemoths. Yeah, no man, uh, no doubt. I mean, they're so they're legit. Um, I didn't watch any of that, so I can't talk about it too much. But um, one game I did watch. Uh, UNC uh, versus Michigan. Oh yeah. Which first of all, the I one thing I want to say is how. First of all, how weird is it that they hadn't played since the Chris Webber game? Like it had been that wow. long. Like they that was the ESPN was building up. It was like they had never I didn't played know that at all. Dude, they hadn't. It was the first Michigan North Carolina matchup since the infamous uh, Chris Webber timeout, Dang. which is kind of odd. It was kind of. It wasn't Michigan isn't as good as I I hope they would be. So I wish it was more of like a. Um, you know, last year's Michigan team versus this year's UNC team, and probably would have been more of a battle. They didn't. It wasn't really that competitive. But the one thing I want to point out, and I tweeted this, Yo, shout out to my Twitter followers. It is kind of crazy when you think about it's it. Crazy. The one thing I'm tired of, and and shout out to Luke May. He, I mean, he's having an absolute awesome season. Um, <laughs> but 
Stop calling this dude a walk-on or a former walk-on, whatever he is. I'm absolutely tired of it because the dude was tired of it. The guy was a top 100 recruit. That's I I get that like he came to UNC as a walk-on. He chose UNC as a walk-on. But if I pull up his his recruiting page, you're gonna see exactly where. Let's see, Luke May recruiting. It's exactly who he had offers from. Um, Notre Dame, Gonzaga, Virginia, Clemson. He, he was ranked 97th in the ESPN Top 100 four-star recruit. Um, rough scout photo. Very rough scout oh, photo. Luke. Is, if, if, you have, uh, if you have the internet in front oh. of you, which I'm guessing you do because you're listening to this podcast, Buddy. go look up Luke May recruiting profile. Dude looks like he just ate about a dozen jelly donuts and, uh, oh, and rolled over the side of the bed just with his Xbox controller next to him because it is a rough, <laughs> rough, rough look. But Who is dude, calling him a Wonka? Everyone, the so the narrative, the narrative has always been, oh, Luke May is this guy that has gone from walk-on to – Top player, national player of the year candidate, and I get. Did he like, sign to Carolina? So as a he did, but I'm he confused. was a preferred. He was a preferred walk on, whatever it may be. Preparing to step up, um, didn't Williams couldn't offer him a scholarship until his second uh, season. Uh, so he was a Huntersville, North Carolina native. Came to play for the Tar Heels, a preferred walk on. Yeah, okay, but, cool. But think about like, it. You don't even have to go to class there, so that's awesome. Hey, <laughs> I didn't go there, but but we went there. Um, but I, I get it. Like everyone, oh, it's like literally. I, the, you type in Luke May walk on the second article, Bleacher Report, uh, from walk on to UNC's NCAA tournament hero. It's Luke a nice May's story, journey. man. That's what they like, do. That's what journalists do. No, it's a, that's not <laughs> what we do. Luke May is a top 100 recruit playing for one of the top programs in the country that won a national title and is now proving himself as a top 100 recruit. So done with that. Good win for UNC. I need to see more out of Michigan. Um, moving on because that yep. angers me. Yep, you were pissed. Um, you, tw- you texted me about it. Um, very, very, very. All right, so, so we got to cover the Crosstown Classic, formerly known as the Crosstown Shootout. Uh, for everyone that uh, has not listened to – the uh, post-game presser, um, we're going to play it for you uh, right now. So it was Mick Cronin uh, first going into uh, Chris Mack's response of what transpired after the game. Um, give you the audio now. Yeah, I've never had a kid tell me to F off three times before. And During the game and after the game. You know who that? it was. Same guy at all is every game. Did you guys I've been, uh, 15 years I've been a head coach. Okay, five years with hugs, two with Coach Patino. I've never seen anything like it. Will you guys talk afterwards or talk again? There's nothing to talk about. Where I come from, there's nothing to talk about. And if he was playing for me, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't play for me. I know one thing. The narrative is not going to be J.P. McCura and Mick Cronin. It's not going to be the narrative. Because there are two sides to the story. There are two sides to the story. There was a reason that their coach was issued a technical in the game. There's a reason for that. I know that reason because the official told me what happened. So I'm not going to have the narrative be anything other than us playing better than Cincinnati and beating Cincinnati today. Beating. As far as he would never play on my team, I'm going to go back to 2009 and 2010 when I was the head coach and Lance Stevenson in front of me, right in front of me, called me the N-word three times and said, F you. After the game, guess what I did? I shook his hand. I shook his hand. That's it. That's it. There is no narrative. 
There is no narrative. We won. A year ago, we got our ass kicked. Guess what Max said? Got our ass kicked. Shook hands. I'll answer questions about that, about the game. I'm not answering any questions about he said, she said, when there's two sides to the story. All right, so obviously a, a lot to digest there. Um, I'll tell you what the narrative is. <laughs> the narrative is Chris Mack's a boss, it's in my mind. badass, dude. I'm so team Chris Mack. It's unbelievable. Oh. And let me tell you something. I don't know half, I don't know 90% of the coaches in the country, yeah. and they have no idea who we are. But I can tell you that that shit happens all the time. All the time. Players talk shit to the other coaches all the time. Players talk shit to Coach Cooley half the games that we were in. Come on. Seriously. They no, would talk shit to him all the time. Like that, 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 you're not changing any of that. I can tell you two instances at Ohio. One where I was a freshman, I was filming, and I had to zoom in on a handshake between the coaches because there was bad blood there and there had been words exchanged. So another time where a head coach went to the other coach in the handshake line after drawing up a failed last second play where he said, not a good call, John. Not yep. a good call. Yep. There is tension. There are, things, there are things said, whether it's between players or it's between coaches. Like, like and who don't, are you and, kidding, Mick Cronin? Yeah. Who are you kidding? Come on, dude? especially like, in this day and age, man. Listen, the, the internet's undefeated. You're not going to win that battle. What do you mean he wouldn't have played for you? Lance Stevenson played for you. Lance Stevenson. Dude who blows in ears. Dude, he said, I've never, had, I've never had a kid tell me to F off three times before. Was that four? Yeah, but what, he said five but times. Is it okay, like, but is it okay to swear three. one time? Like, <laughs> like I bet, mean? dude, I bet that Mick Cronin in a practice has had one of his own players tell him to f off. Yeah. I would not be surprised, like, if that happened. And so he said during the game, after the game, same guy it is every game. All right, dude, maybe you got a vendetta against JP Makura. Well, you lost. You got smoked. You got punched in the mouth from the beginning, and you're salty about it. Like, yeah, it's dude, okay to be salt. Like, at least just say that. You know what I mean? Like, like we get it. It's hard. And that, he, it's and, hard to go in a press conference. And he could have said, I was less than impressed with their professionalism, blah, blah. Like, I hope my program is held to a higher standard, blah, blah. Whatever it is, that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a obviously, everyone knows six years ago, these teams went, like, all in, like, yes. balls to the wall. Um, Yancey Gates Crazy. trying to, like, punch dudes out. There's no love lost. But... Mick Cronin, where I'm from, like, dude, you're from Cincinnati. Yeah. Chris Max from Cincinnati. You're playing in Cincinnati. Like, don't make mean? it a, a bigger deal than it is. Like, this happens. They talk. Like, just you lost, and and you move That's on okay. to next year. Like, yeah. you're gonna win your conference. You move on, and and it doesn't need to be bigger than it is. So, um, I'm fully team Chris Mack. Your team, Chris Mack. Yeah. Um, very, very, very interesting stuff. Um, Come on the pod. Come on the pod, man. One time. Hopefully, well, shout out to, to my guy, Rick J. Uh, 20 Rick J. Hey. Uh, Ohio Bobcat. Yeah, actually, we, had, the, we uh, need to get him on. We'll be on the pod hopefully soon. Um, Xavier basketball and and uh, looking for more. They had a great week, dude. They won. They got a Baylor win and a Cincinnati win after they had gotten smoked and gave up 100 to Arizona State. So watch out. Trayvon Blewett, uh, J.P. Mercura, and then um, Ennis Cantor's brother, Kareem. Ooh. Looks uh, a little mini Cantor. They're going to be good. They're going to be very good. So uh, props to you, Xavier, this week. Um, moving All on right. to our, our favorite. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, the bogus <laughs> baller brand. Um, Revisiting a subject we touched on episode one. Yeah. One of the very first things we talked about on this podcast. So, LiAngelo Ball. Yeah, he... This broke, what, this, this afternoon, like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock this afternoon? Yeah, I struggle with this family. But, so they basically pulled him out of UCLA. Um, I 
can't make sense of it. Um, obviously, this guy's like the Drew Hanlon, DJ Sackman, greatest trainer in the world uh, guy. Somehow, all of a sudden, his dad is like the greatest coach in the world. And he thinks that not playing college basketball is going to be better for his son to get to the NBA. Who, mind you, was not even on the radar. No. For an NBA pick, not even close. He, it, his stats. I mean, like the the viral tweet today was like he played one minute and had a steal. <laughs> like that, no, like, no, no, no. Zero you minutes? missed a joke. Oh, zero minutes and a steal of Louis Vuitton sunglasses uh, in China. Damn so this it. dude didn't damn even it, play. Paul. Do better. Um, That's on me. But I mean, it, it's interesting because I mean, who knows? Like. The dude probably, we said it from the jump, he probably wasn't even going to play at UCLA. If he wasn't a package deal with his two brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would probably be playing mid-major basketball. Um, so what happens with the third brother now? That's the thing. I don't think a ball plays at UCLA from here on out because uh, LaMelo, the youngest, is already dealing with eligibility issues because he has his first signature shoe. because um, he's having his first signature shoe release. So I don't know if that was even going to happen. Um, and now that Leangelo's gone, uh, it's kind of it's kind of tough. And you can look at um, Lavar. He said he it came out. Jeff Goodman tweeted, "I I didn't tell them. I didn't tell the coaches because they don't tell me anything." So like what? It's like blindside. Like all right, I'm pulling my kid out. Um, I know all right, sorry. everybody. Oh, you know all the classic guy Greenberg and and all those guys are tweeting like, "Where's Steve Alford celebrating tonight?" You gotta think they're not upset. Maybe about how it went down, how it was handled, but like think about it. Like they did. you got rid of an average player, you yeah. can now go get a better one. You can go get a at least you're not stuck into that for that scholarly for four years. And you would think that now they maybe go maybe they go be proactive one time and just say, you know what? We're gonna cut our losses. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not honoring his commitment. He can he's gotta go elsewhere. Uh, what's the third's name? Um Lamello. Lamello. Lamello is at Lamello's a top ten recruit and he is better. Let him go but, somewhere else. It's, Go get it it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And Nicole Woj, I mean, it said his last tweet, and we got some heat for this. Ball will struggle to find a serious job playing pro basketball, including the G League. Mike Schmitz projected him in the high school as a small ball stretch foreman at the mid-major college level. Would make sense for Ball to find a scholarship at a lower level and stay in school. Yeah. So I What's mean, wrong with that. Hey, UC Santa Barbara, UC Davis, and yeah. you know those campuses. Let's go play ball and enjoy yourself, man. Let Dude, those eyebrows grow back. Don't get caught up. Yeah, I mean, take the uh, take the racing stripes out of the brows, and then, uh, and we'll hit. So, I mean, hopefully, all the best for Leandro. Like we ended the last segment we had about him saying, I just hope everything works out because he's not dragging this. But hey, I know um, it's crazy. It's uh, it's it's triple B's. Triple, triple B's. Triple um, B's, man. Now, leading, leading in, though, um, another awesome interview. Um, Dave Cordova, Dave's joint, at Dave's underscore joint. Um, all the insight on New York Northeast High School hoops. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the pod. Got to sit down with him for a few minutes here. Uh, called in and, and gave his takes on New York City basketball, some of the upcoming players, some of the previous players are now playing college basketball. So, uh, without further ado, uh, Dave Cordova. All right, David, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we are officially joined by David Cordova. He runs Dave's Joint uh, Twitter account. David, I appreciate it, man. What's going on? How's it going, guys? We're living the dream, man. I appreciate you skipping class. What class are you skipping? <laughs> uh, business policy. <laughs> business what? Business policies. 
Oh yeah, no, you don't need to skip. You you can definitely skip. Yeah, that we got that's we not much more informational over here. Yeah, but, man. Um, so uh, you know, for the for the listeners that don't know who you are, um, why don't you give them just a little rundown of uh, you know your background, where you came from, and uh, you know how Dave's joint uh, came to be. Um, my name is David Cordova. Uh, I'm from the Bronx, New York. Um, I'm a senior at St. Francis College, and I'm also the founder, editor-in-chief, and writer of this basketball publication called Dave's Drink. I started Dave's Drink in 2015, and so far it's brought, you know, it's been a very, very positive um, entity, you know, something good, something that I look forward to doing for as long as I can. And um, it's also an outlet that um, that I'm trying to use in order to get into, you know, something big. But um, it's something I love to do. And what's uh, what's the main goal for you? You want to work for ESPN or you know one of the big guys and and do college basketball reporting? Is that the goal? Yeah, that's the goal. Anywhere you know, whatever opportunities are there in the future, I would like for it to be because of what I'm doing right now. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I I love it, man. You know, for uh, everyone that doesn't know, Dave and uh, Ian and myself have never met. Um, I found out uh, who Dave was on Twitter. Uh, I DM'd him, asked him if he wanted to come on the pod, and he got back to me in about two hours and said, yeah, so the power of social media is real. Um, He's got a great Twitter account. Please go follow him at Dave's underscore joint, D-A-V-E-S underscore joint. Um, if you want to know what's going on in college basketball, specifically Northeast New York City basketball, uh, he's got it on lock, so he does a great job. Um, transitioning right into it, man, <clears throat> you know, not to get uh, philosophical early, but how is the 2018 class looking um, top to bottom? You know, obviously Moses Brown, Moses Brown being like the prize possession, but how's everybody else? Is this an okay class for New York? Is it a down class? What's your opinion? Well, I mean, it should be an okay class, so to speak. We have Khalid Moore that's committed to Georgia Tech. Uh, of course, we have Moses. And then you have um, Tyrese Williams from Cardinal Hayes, who's committed to Quinnipiac. Uh, that's basically um, some of the names that, that, pops up, that pop up in my head right now. Um, there's also Christopher Goodwin from Brooklyn Collegiate. He's going to Bloomfield College, which is a Division Two. I also like to highlight, you know, a lot of the Division Two guys that might not get looked or probably overlooked because they're playing Division Two. But you know, there's some good prospects in there. Do you think that? Because here's my thing. I don't really see. I don't really believe in the um, the narrative that New York City basketball is is down. I just think we no, have more. Not. We just have more eyes on basketball than we than we ever have. There was plenty of bum ass players in the '80s and '90s. Just nobody knew about them. So now everybody knows if you're good or bad, where you're from, what school you go to. Um, I, I I certainly can appreciate. You know, maybe you know the '90s was the best era of New York City basketball ever. May, I, I, okay, that's fine. But I certainly don't believe in. New York City has just fallen off, and it's no longer a good place to come recruit. I, I mean, do you agree? Um, I don't think it's down, but it's just that you know a lot of these kids are going out of town, you know, for varied reasons, uh, academics, of course, because you know the New York State Regents is a very hard exam, 
you know, to take, and also a lot of a lot of distractions come in New York. So that's why prep schools are a viable option these days. But I mean, for whatever's left, you know, of the players in New York, you know, there's still some good teams around. It's just spread out. Yeah, it does seem to be a little top-heavy. You know what I mean? Like the best school, Iona Prep, Long Island Lutheran, Savior New American, Bishop Lachlan. It does seem to be if you don't go to one of the best schools, basketball schools right. in New York, then you don't really have a shot. Then you may need to go prep. You agree? Right. Well, you don't really have to go prep. I mean, there's plenty of options. I mean, this is an option that a lot of kids don't want to hear. Junior college. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Sometimes you might get more more attention coming out of junior college than you would coming out of high school. Yeah, absolutely. They don't they don't really understand that that uh, you know those JUCO events out in Kansas and down in Florida, you know, you're gonna get 250 yeah. coaches watching you. A whole lot. It's a lot more coaches than you would get probably get at a prep school. Yep. And then sometimes it's like prep schools. Those prep school situations aren't always, you know, aren't always guaranteeing you a scholarship. No. Legitimate prep schools, they they cost, like, college tuition. Like, my school tuition is about $26,000 a year. Yeah, I would say most, I would say most prep schools in the Northeast are more than that. Yeah, easily. Yeah, like, probably, you're probably thinking forty, fifty thousand, 50000 like the equivalent of college tuition. A lot of kids from where I'm from, can't afford that, you know? But we do have one viable option, and that's our Savior Lutheran School in the Bronx. Their tuition is like $6,000 per year. You know, it's a small school, but, you know, I've been to their open gyms recently, like a couple months ago, and it's like always 40 players, you know, always ready, ready and willing to work. A couple of kids just signed from there. Jared Roden, he's going to Seton Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah, I mean, our city, like for a lot of kids in New York City that want to play, um, that want to play, that want to get an opportunity to get a scholarship, our favorite looking to go. No doubt. We're talking about, obviously, Bronx basketball. We're talking about New York. Guy that we've mentioned on the podcast Probably about every episode so far, um, the Colin fan knows Isaiah Washington. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with another Bronx guy, went to St. Raymond's, started on the Jelly Fam movement and has brought all these guys in. Um, what have, I mean, obviously, I'm sure that's something you've been watching from the jump. What are your thoughts on that and, and high school guys kind of creating this movement and, and kind of teaming together to make something that's been pretty cool to see? Actually, Isaiah Washington's from Harlem. Good call. Um, Very good Good call. Yeah, but um, the fact that, you know, there's a movement that's grown so big, it's awesome just to see these kids doing their thing, you know, playing the game that they love, but also being recognized. Like, over the summer, they had this thing at the Dykeman Basketball Tournament called Jelly Day. Yo, that was insane. That was insane. Yeah, you know, they had people hanging from the handball court trying to see the game. People standing up the um the project college just to see the game. It was like really amazing. You know, to see how this one movement could bring out a whole bunch of people. And the high school games during the summer tournaments are probably they, they attract more people than the unlimited than the pro ends. Yep, yep. No, hundred percent. 
Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. Um, so let me ask you this. So I have uh, I coach AAU here in New York. Um, I've been doing it for uh, almost two years now, and you know, so we we're not compete with New Heights or Gauchos, anybody like that. We're 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 much uh, lower than them. But what I see from these kids is obviously they love uh, Isaiah and they and they look up to him, but they don't. One, they're not good enough to play where he is at in on any level. They're not good. A lot of the kids that we work with aren't good enough yet. Um, to go D1, and they they actually can't even jelly, and they actually struggle making real layups. But you know they they want to start with their own their own movement and shifty fam and the city of guards and all of this Instagram stuff and all these kids can barely hoop, and so I tell them I'm like listen man not for nothing but like. This dude was an absolute stud first. Like, he was really, 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 really good before Jelly Fam really blew up. The reason he blew up is because he was good. That's the prerequisite. You can't just have a a family on Instagram and not be good. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And then it's like, once once you get into college, all all that stuff gets depleted. All that stuff goes out the window. Yep. You have to prove, yeah, and then it's it's your own national stage. Obviously, it's one thing here in New York and and getting love on on Instagram. Um, obviously, Isaiah Washington is playing in primetime games on ESPN, where every guy in the country is watching you. And that, and obviously, most of those people don't know what Jelly Fam is. Hopefully, you relay that, and, and it keeps growing though. Um, for you, obviously, Dave, being around, I mean, the high school game and and the way things have changed, the landscape it is now. Um, we actually had uh, Matt White from from Wyoming, uh, one of the coaches over there. We asked him in the college game what he disliked the most about um, college basketball when it comes to kind of the AAU scene and the high school basketball and and what you're around every day and you're tracking. What do you hate the most, or what what would you change about AAU and kind of the landscape that it is now? If there was one thing about AAU that would change. Huh. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't really have one specific thing that would change. Like nothing at this time, nothing pops up in my head. But I mean, honestly, like the issues with the the whole birth certificate thing. You know, a lot of kids are playing. I've heard I've heard stories about kids that are older than the age group that they're playing in. I mean, that should cease. If they're older, they should be made to play, you know, with older players, you know, or players their age, at least. No, I agree, man. And and to be honest with you, that's a that's an adult problem. Um, you know, all this stuff that uh, that we blame these kids for has nothing, really, nothing to do with them. Um, adults are making these decisions. Adults are letting these guys play in a fifteen right. under game, and they're seventeen years old. And, you know, all of a sudden they're getting recruited. And, and listen, you know, the, the truth's going to come out one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Especially Absolutely. when if you get recruited at a high level, you know, they're going to do their due diligence. They're going to call everybody and anybody to find out about you. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I think uh, I think the age stuff is crazy. I see it all the time. I, I see it. The, I, the younger kids is actually crazy. Like you go to like a seventh grade uh, tournament and you have guys with with beards better be, better beards than me and they're out there out there like 
oh, bit like slapping backboard, like warming up. Like they're like, I'm like, yo, this kid has been in high school. He's not twelve. Yeah, <laughs> man. he's like six four. Like, come on, bro. Like that's not gonna help the kid at all. You look foolish. You're definitely not. You know, like why? Why even do it? Yeah, but you know, some adults and sometimes even the kids will do whatever they have to do to get ahead. You know, they, some people are looking for the temporary. They're not looking for the long term. No doubt. No, yeah. and, and it's, it is. And I get, obviously, I respect the hustle. You want to get your name out there. You want to get to the next level and you want to get some shine. At the end of the day, though, the right if it, exactly. If it's coming, it's going to come back to bite you in the, in, in the end. Do it the right way. Go about the right process. And eventually, hopefully, things will, will work out for you. Um, All right, man. I got I got one last. I, I don't mean to come at your neck, but I coached at Central Connecticut for a year, and the worst the worst gym that I hated going to more than anybody was St. Francis, New York. Now, is is St. Francis, New York, the worst gym in the country? I'll say this: St. Francis, New York. <laughs> it's always humid in there. That's for sure. It's always humid. Um, always humid because we have a pool. Under yep. the gym. Yep. But what I can tell you is that when there's a when there's a big game and it's packed, it's always rocking. Oh yeah. Know? Oh yeah. It's always rocking. That's why I love the Pope. But I mean, when you don't have when you, when you're a small school, you know, and you don't have the resources, sometimes you got to make do for what they have. You know, we have a great athletic department. You know that does what they does what they have to do for the athletes. Um, sometimes you just want to see the small schools win. Yep, yeah, that's it. That's no it. No, I, I remember, yeah. man. We uh, we were there with Kyle Vinales, and uh, you guys were tough. We had to go to overtime the last time I was there, but uh, it was rocking, man. And then that, that loudspeaker and then the, gut, the MC, yeah, it's tough. Timeouts are crazy there. Um, yeah, we, got, we have, um, basically we have, um, a great coaching coach Glenn Breaker. Yep. He's he was at one point he was the assistant and um now he's the head coach. And then we have another assistant named Ron Ginn. He was a coach under Jerry Tarkanian. Okay. You know, won a national he went to two final fours with them, coached Saint Francis for fourteen years, worked as a player development coach, um, with the Washington Wizards, where he coached three NBA all stars. Gilbert Arenas was one. Um, and, you know, he coached, he also coached, he came, now he's an assistant coach for his own assistant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. That's awesome. And we have two other great assistants in Jamal Womack and Clyde Benson. You know, no, that's you gotta, awesome. You got to give them credit for everything they've done. Definitely. I look, I'm looking at the schedule now. I know they go, uh, they go into Fordham on Saturday. So you got to, uh, Crossboro, uh, little, little showdown there. Um, be be cool to see. But um. listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, this was great. You're definitely going to be on probably a couple times throughout the year if that's cool with you. And then uh, I'll let you I'll let you know what games I'm going to this week. I'll be at a couple, uh, one tomorrow and one Wednesday. So uh, we'll meet up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, go hit up. Go ahead, Dick. I was gonna say, everyone before uh, before turning the podcast off, you, everyone needs to go f- give give Dave a follow. It's Dave's at Dave's underscore joint. 
Um, everyone go check him out as well as uh, davesjoint.net. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you coming on, man. Love having you and uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, to, to connecting with you later on in the season. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Get back to class. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. See you, bro. All right, Dave, uh, appreciate you coming on the pod, man. Awesome, awesome insight. Hoping to, to have him on, as we said, later on in the season uh, as we see how these guys progress in their high school seasons and, and tracking some of these New York guys in the college game. Um, to finish things off, um, last uh, notes of business. Um, we have another um, segment that is close to home for me as a, a writer that I've never liked. University of Virginia grad Dave Doughty, uh, UV, UVA grad, writes for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Um, he is the cause of a little uproar. If you follow college basketball intently, you follow the polls, you might have seen that Georgetown got, I think, five votes in the AP poll today, something like that. Um, five votes for a team that their best win is a six-point win over one and seven Richmond. Currently ranked 200-something in Ken Palm. So they have no wins against the top 200. But Dave Doughty, hey, man, let's throw him in the top 25. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, people found out who gave them votes. They go in, they look at it. Um, someone tweets at him. Basically, it comes out. This is his excuse, and this is the problem I have with the AP poll and who's voting and who's, what they're looking at. Uh, basically... Someone called him out for putting it in. He said, made myself some notes last night, then completed the poll before making a five-hour round trip to do a story this morning. Some of us have other assignments that keep us from pouring over other people's votes. Was there really a compelling number number 24 pick this week? Sorry I missed it. Well, Doug, I am sorry you missed it because not only did you put Georgetown in, you left out Seton Hall who you took out of your top 25 after beating Texas Tech in Louisville this week. So you're obviously not paying any attention. The next, um, the next tweet down, the next response down, I remember this guy said, are you basically saying we should just completely disregard the AP rankings because voters are too busy? Like, that's what the guy's saying. He's like, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to vote in this poll where I'm a media member and contribute to the AP rankings. Basically, like, I'm just going to throw a team in there because their record looks good when we know at the end of the day, Georgetown has played no one. That was fantastic. I have nothing to add except for the fact that we're going to have some of my family members on this podcast later. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, It's not. And this isn't a shot at Georgetown. Go Hoyas. I can't wait. Go go Pat Ewing. I love what you're doing, my man. You're 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 probably gonna start out the season. Scheduling is seven, so smart. Eight, so nine. I'll be I will actually be at the Syracuse Georgetown game in two weeks. Uh, my cousin Brian is a uh, video coordinator down at Georgetown, so I'm gonna go check them out. But you know, no shots. I, I, when when this all went down, you, you know, I I think one of us tweeted, you know, like they were in the PK eighty. You know, they were supposed to be in it, and they and they backed out way late. Um, I don't even know who they added, but they were supposed to be in it. And they added DePaul, which is not a, a yeah, not, not but great. And so, listen, it, it, they're trying to protect their head coach. I know this is like kind of getting off the fact that this guy just completely <laughs> forgot to put like his mind to what was uh, at stake, and he had to go do another job, whatever the case may be. Voting for Georgetown Dude, throughout, they could be they, they could be literally nineteen and zero. And I well, no, to be, put I guess this together, but 
they've beaten four of our bottom top 25 teams of their six wins. Yikes. Jacksonville, Maryland Eastern Shore, Maine, Coppin State. Uh, those are four of their six wins. So no shots at Georgetown. You're 6-0. and Keep riding the wave. But if you're, if you're a voter in the AP poll and you don't care enough to even look at like who a team's played or what's happened in college basketball over the week – I'm sorry. Give us your vote. I'm I'm down to I'll vote. vote. I'll I'll throw it in there. So, um, I am not a fan of the AP poll, and and that's exactly why. Um, yep. Last but not least. Last but not least, our third green light player of the week. The ultimate green light goes to William and Mary's Connor Birchfield. Shout out Connor Should Birchfield. Should we play Guess That Race? <laughs> well, Connor Birchfield, my man. Uh, so. My guy, who was it against? Can we pull Connor that Birch, up? Against Marshall, which that, Connor, that makes, that warms my heart. Yep, Connor, that warms my yep. heart. Connor um, Birchfield goes 10 for 12 from three. Not for from, th- from three. Well, yeah, from three. From three. For 30 points, didn't even have another bucket anywhere else on the floor. And Threes wanna, only for this dude. Anytime you set a program record, you get a green light player of the week. Connor. I'll, yeah. Put this in perspective, the last three years, the kid's a senior. He averaged 2.4, 5.4, and 5.1 points a game. And this dude just dropped 10 threes Whew. on Marshall's head. Team scored 114. He had 30 of those. Um, so week three, another can now for the green light player of the year. We'll keep tracking what you're doing, Connor. But props to you, my man. Um, another another green light player of the week to, uh, to Connor Birchfield, William Mary of the CAA. Big time. Um, if, you awesome. guys are, if you guys are not following us, go to Twitter, at GreenLightPod1. Go follow us. Tweet at us questions, whatever you got. Uh, Instagram is at TheGreenLightPod. Uh, go subscribe. Subscribe. ITunes, subscribe. Subscribe. All that stuff. Um, Appreciate you guys listening. Keep giving us feedback. Loving doing this. Um, bringing our takes to the masses. Um, big, week, big week of hoops this week in New York, Awesome too. week. Awesome, awesome week, week of a lot of things going. Um, and... Not only hoops in New York, we get Virginia, West Virginia, a little border war, and Shaka's return to VCU tomorrow mm. night. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that next week. But appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We'll be back next week. Um, until then. Type of people made the club before.